Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica and I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. R&R is about connecting through stories and reflecting on practices on visits. Listen as I share how I try to put best practice and research to work in real life and on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Hello again, and welcome to what is episode 19 of the RR podcast. And to start, I just want to share that there is now an Instagram account for the podcast where you can comment and connect with other EI providers, share your thoughts and experiences. Uh, on the different podcast episodes. Each episode is posted so you can check it out along with the different highlights. The Instagram account is very new, but all the episodes are up. More content will be coming soon. The Google site is also linked in the bio so you can check that out too. So please follow. I'll be following other EI resources as I build up the account. Um, resources that are dedicated to coaching, to development, and to other people working out in the field, and people just committed to the disability community as a whole. So check it out when you can. And again, it's still being built up. So it's still brand new. And you can find it on Instagram at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. So check it out. I've been thinking a lot about um, my families and students who are making really slow progress. And when I find myself in that position, I kind of find myself spinning or spiraling or kind of digging, um, digging a hole in like trying to find the how many different strategies we can use or try or figure out to try and get to, you know, X, Y, and Z. If we just try A, B, C, and D, you know, maybe we'll get there. Um, or, you know, I just find myself just trying to like rack my brain on what I need to be doing differently to help the parent, to help the child. And so again, I just have a couple kiddos on my mind lately where progress is just really slow. And they're both um, struggling with language, of course, and but also just imitation in general. So uh, one is two and just about to be two. And the other one is just over two and a half. So just over 30 months. Um, very different kids, but again, the same problem. Progress is really slow. And I've discovered, you know, and I've had to remind myself too, that it's time to pause and just, we need to slow this train down. So if progress is going really slow, or it's really hard to even see or measure, I find like the train, I, I try and speed up the train I'm on. So for example, it's like, well, this didn't work, maybe this will work. Or if this didn't work, how do you feel about that? Or you tried that, how do you feel about maybe trying this? Or, um, you know, parents will ask me too, what do I think? Because they're stuck. 
and I just find myself needing to like pause. So I just kind of have been trying to slow down and just let's concentrate on one. So this idea of one thing, one skill, one strategy, one motivator, one routine, one moment or opportunity where this could work, um, or the one thing we can build that's, you know, already working where we can build success with. So maybe you have also found yourself in the same boat where just, again, progress is just really slow and you find yourself nothing is really working. So I have this little guy I'm working with um, who's about 33 months old. Like I said, he's just over two and a half. And uh, he does have indicators of autism. He's not diagnosed yet, but he does have some of those indicators. And we've tried a number of different things. So signing, he will do until he figures out that's what you want him to do to get the thing that he wants. So having that motivator, you know, isn't enough. Like it's, it's just like, I have the thing that he wants, but his willpower to not do what I want him to do is stronger than the motivator. So scratch that strategy off your list. Um, So, so that's been fun to try to try and figure out. So like if motivation isn't going to be your, you know, the ticket, like what is any kind of sound imitation is way too difficult. Um, He's just not there yet and not willing to, again, imitate on command. I will and mom will also hear words and sounds come out when he's on his own uh, and things like that. So uh, that's been interesting to hear about and kind of watch develop. But as far as getting, you know, just an established like functional way to communicate um, or even just increased repetitions throughout the day to work on language and just the foundational skills of communicating has been a little bit tricky. So I have found myself kind of, you know, trying everything in the book from signing to, okay, well, if you're not willing to sign um, or copy an action, you know, with your mouth or do something to get something, then would he, you know, take to pictures? So introducing some very basic visuals where maybe he had to touch the picture to get what he wanted or, and mom was all on board with this. She really liked that idea. She had an older son who went through early intervention in another district. So I did not get the opportunity to work with him. But she said to me, you know, I have used pictures before and it works really well with my older son. So it's like, okay, great. Let's give it a try. And, uh, no go. <laughs> he did not want to have any 
anything to do with the pictures. And I'm just like, wow, we're kind of running out of things here a little bit. And so then, you know, we're, you know, then it's like, okay, if he's not willing to look at a visual to communicate, how does he even do with books? So then I discovered through that uh, conversation with mom that that's really difficult, getting him to sit and kind of pay attention and look at books. So, but it was something she wanted to work on too. She thought it was important. So through this process of trial and error and brainstorming with mom, we kind of talked about just shaking up kind of what we were doing and kind of switching the focus to books and maybe like building on that routine a little bit because, you know, books are fabulous for working on language. You know, if we can get him to sit and attend and engage and all of those things. So we, we did, we quickly realized that he is not a kiddo who will do things on command or do things because you want him to do them. And I think that's a really hard um, place to be because it really requires you to, you know, leave it in the hands of the child. So what are you going to do, you know, that's going to hopefully solicit that response that you want without putting that demand or pressure or even using something as simple as a motivator um, to get him to do something. So um, we read the book um, Dear Zoo. So as you know, it has flaps. It's very simple. And the thing I like about flaps is we can kind of work on actions by knocking on the flap, knock, knock. And even that, that simple action, he quickly realized mom and Erica want me to do that. I am not doing that. Uh, He sat, he enjoyed it. He looked at us. He smiled at us. He would not knock on the flaps. But he did sit, we did do some animal sounds, and we modeled those animal sounds. And he did do the lion. So he did roar for the lion. And he did the hand motion with like a paw, kind of claw. And then he also verbally said, roar. And I'm like, well, finally. So I felt like, I think we found something. I think our strategy is we're not going to expect that he does this, which is a really hard, um, a hard concept to like wrap yourself around. Like we're not going to expect this, but it's true. Like we're not. So because it's not every, that's not working for him. So setting that expectation that he does this for that or that he do this to get that, um, or, you know, even though he has the ability to do something and you have the thing that he wants, again, his resistance to not do that is stronger than the motivator we had been trying to use or the strategy we had trying to be used. So taking a step back and really slowing this down and kind of looking at 
what is working? Well, what was working was we were hearing things from him, but it was all on his own. So what are we going to do to build that up as much as we can to give him as many opportunities to hear language, to hear sounds, to maybe target words. Um, Cause he, you know, after several repetitions of a word, mom would hear it throughout the week. And she, you know, she would work on that word or that phrase. Um, but again, if it was for the purpose of communicating with another person, uh-uh, no way. So that was the obstacle we faced. And I think that's what, you know, we were trying to get around when really it was, we should maybe just build on what's going really well. So what I started off this episode with was the concept of one, one skill, one strategy, or one motivator, or one routine, one moment or opportunity where we're going to do something that is already working and build on that. So how many different ways can we do this one thing? For this little guy, it's modeling, making it fun, and no pressure, providing that wait time. So just that opportunity, but not withholding. So that strategy of withholding, we can just toss out for now. That's not working. So pausing and just modeling was was our new game plan. And it seems to be working and it so far is working where we are seeing some progress. So she is hearing more during the week and that book routine is, is established. It's there. It's again, he's not labeling on request. He's not pointing on request, but he is starting to imitate some things when he wants to in the things that he thinks are fun. So we need to build on that. And when you think about the progress and it being really slow, you know, I wonder if it's because we're expecting too much and we, you know, even though we think this is the place to be and the place to work on things, that maybe we need to back it up even a little bit further. Um, This other idea I want to talk about is the uh, concept of variety. So for example, I have a little guy who is really interested in spoons and whisks and tongs and basically taking everything out of those drawers that mom doesn't want him to take out. So that was his motivator. Spoons, whisks, and he would carry them around and he would collect them. He would line them up. He, um, it it was just his jam. It was just his thing. So what are we going to use? We're going to use the spoons. And so, I mean, if you think of your child or you know, a kiddo you're working with, it might not be spoons, but think of the one thing that, you know, they're really 
into. And the same idea or the same concept will apply. So, okay, if you're into spoons, this is what we're going to do with spoons. We are going to bang spoons together. We are going to put spoons in the drawer and take them out of the drawer. We're going to work on imitation with, um, you know, banging them high, banging them low, tapping them on the ground, um, rubbing them together. Like how many different ways can we imitate actions with spoons? How, what other concepts can we work on with spoons? Um, so it's really interesting when you try and just say like, that's all you need. You just need one thing, you know, and then the variety can come from that one thing. You don't need multiple different things or multiple different routines to work on one, you know, to work on a skill. You can sometimes work on a variety of skills with that one thing. So um, with the spoons, again, it was the motor imitation, some verbal imitation, the concept of put in and take out and where did it go? So that memory retention, we even sorted spoons. So big spoon, little spoon, green spoons, red spoons. We did some pretend play and like incorporated um, some other objects with the spoon. So like stirring a bowl or flipping the bowl over. And now we're, now we have a drum. So I really kind of thrive on that. I think that's kind of fun where it's like, okay, if this is the one thing, one thing that works, the one thing where we got them, then how many different skills and different things can we work on just with that one object, that one activity, that one thing that they, um, that they're interested in. And that's not just true for when you're working with children, but with parents too. So for example, they have a priority and they have goals in their head of things they want to work on. But then at the same time, it's like, well, if that's the one thing you want to work on, how many different ways can we work on that? So, um, for example, oh, I don't know. I just did a re- uh, visit recently at Costco because um, mom wants him to be able to sit in a cart. And that's been super difficult. And so we met at Costco. I might have talked about this on another podcast. I'm not sure. But anyways, uh, she really wants to work on sitting. So where are all the appropriate places that you need to sit? And the reason she wants to work on sitting is that the family is going to uh, on vacation to Disney Worlds in June. And there's going to be sitting on an airplane. There's going to be sitting in restaurants. There's going to be a lot of sitting in the stroller. So she just, you know, he hadn't had much exposure to shopping and 
restaurants because of COVID. And now they're going on this big trip. And she's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, well, I think we need to practice it. So and she was totally on board with that. So we we went to Costco. Um, we are going to do like a quick lunch date thing where we're going to try and problem solve some things at a, like a quick restaurant and kind of think up some strategies and some things she's going to do um, to make sure that that's successful, but to also practice it too. So so yeah, if it's sitting is the thing that you want to work on, okay, well, how many different ways can we work on it? And, and what other things can go along with it? So variety can go both ways. So to wrap up this uh, podcast, I'm just going to leave you with some closing thoughts. So when progress is going really slow, maybe your pace needs to slow down. I've definitely recognized that with myself. And also that maybe we're trying too many different things and that we really need to look at the one, the one thing that is working and how can we build on that and build success on that to do other things and more things. So thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts on this episode or feedback for the podcast, please check out the Instagram account at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Uh, Click the like button, uh, rate, review, do all those fun things. And I hope to catch you again on another episode of Rainbows and Rain.